Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with producer Dave. And up to- dog. Oh, up dog. <laughs> and today we're going to be kicking off our coverage of season two of the Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian, with a little review of what happened in season one to catch us all back up to speed. And I just finished my rewatch not one hour ago, and I forgot how much I loved this show. <laughs> my gosh, it, it aged like a fine wine between the first watch and the second watch for me personally. Yeah, and I'm glad to see that there is a huge fandom for The Mandalorian. Like, I see all these, like, Twitter accounts tweeting out about it, and, you know, they have, like, tens of thousands of likes, which is, yeah. like, absolutely crazy to see. And obviously, you know, Disney is going to uh, appeal to that audience, so. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars has such a massive fandom, but even more so, I feel like The Mandalorian is even more mainstream than Star Wars as a whole. I know people like my mom, who is like a fair weather Star Wars fan, loves The Mandalorian. So, you know, the- and another thing is, is like, I feel like as like the fandom, you know, has maybe been disappointed in the movies for the most part, I would say, based on reactions I see on online. But The Mandalorian has always been a consistent A plus from everybody. 100%. And we have seen that Disney is capable of putting out some stellar Star Wars content with, oh my gosh, I'm Rogue One mm-hmm. across the board, universal praise. I feel like even old head Star Wars fans. My dad loved that My movie. dad, yeah, case in point, Rogue says, One. yeah, Rogue One is probably one of the best Star Wars movies, period. Yep. You know, the old heads get nostalgic for the yeah, original yeah. trilogy, but I-, I consider Rogue One probably my second or third favorite movie behind New Hope and... Return of the Jedi, or I'm sorry, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. I was going to say Empire Strikes Back, but yeah, Rogue One slips right into there, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. So that's what I'm saying. You know, Disney is capable of putting out really good Star Wars content. Um, I think you and I agree that we weren't too crazy about their movies, but Mm -hmm. I have very high hopes for this show. Season one did not let us down, and season two, I high hopes like i said very high hopes. season two is going to bring in not only the season one of mandalorian together but it's also going to start bringing in together things from like clone wars and all these like side shows that i personally haven't seen but that's why we have our expert brian here on the mic quote unquote expert yeah. a relative <laughs> yeah. expert because there are some people that know every single little piece of star wars literature that there is to have i think i'll do a good job for the purposes of this podcast Um, But people forget, because a lot of people only watch the movies, that the scope of this story is the entire galaxy. And there's an infinite number of planets and star systems, and the the possibilities are unlimited. And there's this really rich lore and like the Mandalorian religion itself. There's so much lore behind it that the movies don't really have time to explore because they just have to focus on the Skywalker story because that is the overarching story, the most important thing happening in the galaxy. But a TV show like this has an opportunity to really explore kind of the lesser known stories that are out there. And they're doing a really good job already of making it all tie together. So I'm just so excited. That was a great way to put it. Yeah. I honestly (laughs) think that was a great way to summarize that. Yeah. But I, There's a lot of questions that we have at the end of season one, and I think the best way to kind of get into it is to just start breaking down the characters, where we left them at the end of season one, what they had done throughout the first eight episodes, and what their motivations might be going forward. So let's get it going with our boy Mando, the Mandalorian Din Djarin. 
So what is his deal? He is a Mandalorian bounty hunter who has kind of been alienated from the bounty hunters guild at this point. Well, it's a little bit more complicated. I want to say it kind of started with him starting to do business with the, uh, like the, uh, Imperials, I guess you would call them. Uh, he, cause the Mandalorians have a history of battling with the Imperials. So when he goes to someone like the client to do business with them, his own people kind of, so I don't think, Mando sought out to do business with the Imperials. He, when the story begins, episode one, he is a part of the Bounty Hunters Guild, which is okay. Led that as, probably also, yeah, yeah. So he is kind of just going by the rules laid out by the guild. And mm-hmm. the head of this guild faction we meet very early on is a man named Grief Karga, who is a familiar face. It's the actor Carl Weather, which I thought appeals to a lot of that old head Older, nostalgia. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. people like getting wrapped up in that. But I thought it was great casting. He killed the party at the perfect amount of like Star Wars cheesiness. Yeah. <laughs> I think he did a really good job because that's that's, that's kind of want- Star Wars appeal. They you know? wanted to do that. Like even when you see him at the uh, like the bars and the taverns and stuff like it it has that old Star Wars feel that, you know, is meant to be that way. It seems like in the new movies that it was forced at times. And I hated that because you can tell that they were trying too hard to do it. But it seems natural in this show. Yep. And, and it's really refreshing, though. I digress. So the Mandalorian gets wrapped up with the Empire through the Bounty Hunters Guild. His first mission that we see, or I guess the second, because the story picks up, he's on a mission. Mm-hmm. Um, grief. Karga assigns him what we find out to be the mission of retrieving this mysterious asset who is revealed at the episode or at the end of episode one to be the child baby Yoda, baby Yoda the one and only who blew up the internet worldwide yeah, it's still destroyed right now baby yeah. Yoda and it's coming back the internet's not ready for baby Yoda no. he is the only thing that can save us from the darkness of this pandemic <laughs> he is he has all of our hearts. We love Baby Yoda with all of our hearts. He's going to get us through this pandemic. Absolutely. But Mando retrieves the asset in a great episode. That episode one starts off hot with the gunfight between IG-1 and the Mandalorian and the Imperial. Well, they were more just thugs. I don't think he was rescuing Baby Yoda from the Empire. I think they were more just thugs at a hideout. Right. But that was a great gunfight in episode one. And episode two, we find him returning the asset to this mysterious client. And his only name that he's referred to as is the client. And this is where the empire starts to tie in. Mm -hmm. But it is against the code of the guild to ask any questions. So Mando is still in the dark as to what the empire wants with this baby Yoda. And he feels a little fishy about it. Mm hmm. But he is eventually paid for his duty in what the, what is known as Beskar, correct? That's Beskar, yeah, Beskar steel, and that it's a is, very rare metal, I guess. In the, it's a Mandalorian thing. It's mm-hmm. essentially think Valyrian steel in Game of Thrones. It is just superior in quality in every imaginable way. It is what the Mandalorians of old fashioned their armor out of, but it is extremely rare, and it. extremely rare extremely (laughs) rare and what it's alluded to is that the empire collected a lot of this beskar from the planet mandalore during the great empirical purge the great purge Purge. i think it's just called which they don't outright and say it but during the times of the empire they 
purged Mandalore as a planet, and they are not on good terms with the Mandalorian people as a whole. I think it was just because of things like their best car. They were seen as a threat because of their fighting skills. Well, it was also that Mandalore is pretty infamously, they like to remain neutral all through the Clone Wars. They Mm -hmm. didn't join a side between the Separatists and the Old Republic. So when the Empire finally took over, they were probably looking to snuff out any spark of a rebellion and Mandalore as a neutral planet not bowing down to the Empire would be a threat, especially like you said, because they are renowned warriors. So there was a great purge and they say it a lot. Mandalorians are now very, very rare across the galaxy. Nobody sees them like ever. So our boy Mando is kind of kind of a unique guy and he's always the center of attention whenever he walks into a, a new place everyone knows he's a mandalore well especially when he's got that bright new best car, <laughs> best car armor. armor yep he always look every time he upgrades it he looks so much cleaner yeah so he immediately once he returns the asset and gets by anyone's standards a lot of best car because it's very rare which is our first indicator that the empire really 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 wants baby yoda we don't know mm-hmm. why but if they're willing to pay a king's ransom to acquire this little baby alien thing 50 year old baby 50 year old baby <laughs> then he's kind of a big deal mm-hmm. and to get into baby yoda nobody knows anything about this species other than that they kind of pop up from time to time yoda is the most famous yoda i think had a sister or maybe just someone else from the species called yadley or yaddle i kind of forget but the species is very rare they turn up from time to time the big factor is pretty much all of them are force sensitive so they are all force wielders and i was going to ask that question so baby yoda's he he's obviously not a Jedi, but it's the force that I guess the species like they just have that, as you said, connection with the force. Well, the Jedi is is just an order of people. It's almost a religion. It is a religion, actually. So. You can be force sensitive without being a Jedi and vice versa. So right now, yeah, he's just mm-hmm. some little baby killing it, pushing things around. That's he's... one of the things I want to get to in a little bit, I guess. But mm-hmm. that's one of the expectations I have is to get a little more backstory on that whole thing. About the Jedi and just yeah, and, what and like what Baby Yoda really is and mm. why they're so force sensitive. And just to get into it with a little bit of context, the Jedi are they're not known around the galaxy. You know, we see what Baby Yoda does and we're like, oh, he has the force. He's force sensitive. But people don't really remember the force because some 20 years ago or so all the Jedi were taken out by Order 66. So for context, this is in the aftermath of the rebellion. So the the rebels are trying to establish a new republic in the fallout of the second Death Star being exploded in Episode 6, Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where we are. And on this planet, Navarro, where the Bounty Hunters Guild is, and it's kind of like our main planet for this show, there's lawlessness and chaos you know it's it's kind of this thing where we all knew that the empire was bad but now nobody's really in control and at least the empire had things they were ruling the galaxy but they had things under control and now Mm -hmm. nobody has anything under control and it's kind of this new republic trying to find its feet yeah um, but anyway, that was a pretty long tangent. No, it's no, that's mm-hmm. what the people need. You know, we need that information. <laughs> we need that backstory. 
because some of us, you know, we we haven't seen all like I love Star Wars, but, you know, I've only seen, you know, this, the movies. I haven't really gotten any of the side information. So when you talk about it, it's mm-hmm. what I it's the information I need. So I should say, I think we got a little ahead of ourselves. Episode three was where he returns the child to the client. Regardless. Yeah, it's still. Um, I only wanted to backtrack because episode two was where we had that awesome fight between Mando and the Mudhorn. Mm-hmm. Where, where we it's the first out. time that we see Baby Yoda's powers revealed. And we've all, if you're listening right now, I would hope that you've watched <laughs> season one. This was a pretty iconic scene. Mando was, versus yeah, the Mudhorn. He gets taken out by this. It's like a rhinoceros on steroids. <laughs> trying to get his parts back from the Jawas. I love that the Jawas are still a thing. <laughs> Just scrapping parts. Love it's them. it's the Star Wars nostalgia that the Mandalorian, the show is doing it. And it's just not forced. It's just, you know, these mm-hmm. people have been around. Absolutely. But yeah, so Mando gets taken out by this rhinoceros thing and he he kind of puts up his dagger. He's ready to take it head on and just die. die when Baby Yoda just lifts this thing up, closes his eyes, looking all cute and just lifts up the rhino and saves Mando's life. I would say that and Moff Gideon were by far the two most iconic scenes of the, the season, without a doubt. Like those two resonate with me so hard. Mm-hmm. And I cannot speak enough to how good Disney is doing with all the CGI. I think mm-hmm. all of the droids look phenomenal. All of the flora and fauna from all the different planets look incredible. They've got the it's budget. awesome. Yeah, they have yeah, the budget, they got obviously. deep pockets, but they're putting it to good use. Absolutely. This oh, the show head to toe. It's just <laughs> great. The the rewatch really got me excited for season two. I can. Today is Friday, by the way. So episode one of season two is already dropped and we're kind of we haven't resisting seen the urge yeah. to watch it. Yeah. Sunday is when we will hopefully record yes. it. Yes. Episode two is also where we get introduced to Queel. Rips in the chat for Queel. Rest we'll, in peace, man. We'll get to his chat. death. A legend. legend. Definitely a legend. So moving on, we have episode three. That is kind of where Mando returns to Navarro, gives the child to the client, and then he backtracks and is like, he saved my life. He's kind of cute. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me, and he knows I actually that, like him. He knows that he just turned it over to the Empire and it's the struggle between he's a part of the Bounty Hunters Guild and I'm not supposed to ask questions. I'm just supposed to do the mission and be on my way. And like you said, this kid saved my life and he's cute <laughs> and the Empire's probably going to torture him and give him a terrible life. I and- still remember like Baby Yoda giving him like that like frown and like that sigh of disappointment when he's just so like funny. going away in the room and Mando's just like, I got to save him. <laughs> my favorite parts are when it's just Mando and Baby Yoda in the ship. Yeah, those are the those And are he's the just fucking moments. around with buttons and pulling levers and Mando's like, don't touch that. And then when he when he's not there anymore and he's like, looking around he's just like i miss that kind of entertainment you yeah know? It's so it's awesome i love it okay so da, 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 da. he returns baby yoda eventually decides to rescue yoda from the empire um because of this relationship that he develops um basically they they managed to escape however the all of the bounty hunters uh we learned that the the empire actually had put out a bounty on Baby Yoda through multiple yes. bounty hunters. So it wasn't yes. just Mando. They Pretty gave much the every to. bounty hunter. Pretty much our, everyone. Which is our second indicator that Baby Yoda is a big deal and a prized uh, asset in the eyes of the Empire. And we keep referring to them as the Empire. It is the remnants of, of the, the Empire. Empire. We They say a couple times all that's left is warlords and just kind of the higher ups that have assembled whatever forces 
that are remaining loyal to the empire. So it's a broken empire, but we're going to refer to them as the yeah. empire. And then basically once Mando takes back baby Yoda, uh, the Empire sends out a hit yes. on both of them, essentially. Yes, and he is still on the bounty hunter's planet, so he is immediately swarmed by all the bounty hunters. This was a great, this awesome great shootout. Scene, yeah. uh, Mando's pinned down. It's not looking good for him, and then help comes from above. We see the other Mandalorians mm-hmm. from the Mandalorian covert save the day. It's awesome seeing them fight with the jetpacks. It's it's so cool. Yeah, that was a phenomenal scene. When, yeah, I love the jetpacks. They're all mm-hmm. riding in. They're all just casually sh- strolling up, just shooting everybody with, you know, they're not even looking at half their shots, yeah. honestly, and they're hitting them. So Mando escapes. He shoots Grief Karga, thinks that he kills him, but Grief was actually saved by a piece of Besker, which was kind of his cut from the whole baby Yoda thing that mm-hmm. was in his, his front pocket. So grief is still alive. Mando thinks he's dead, but we'll hear from grief again. Episode four, we have the introduction of one of our, I feel like there's only two main characters and it's the Mandalorian and baby Yoda, but there's, I feel like Cara Dune is like number three. I think she's sealed herself in there mm-hmm. in that main character cast. Definitely. Yeah. It's, she, she's the third member of the group. So we have Cara Dune, and she is a former drop trooper for the Rebellion. She's kind of a cool chick, honestly. I like her a lot. She's a badass. Yeah. yeah, the meeting scene. So the Mandalorian is obviously under some heat. He's trying to, uh, you know, give the Empire the slip, essentially. And he's kind of flying along, and it's just looking for a planet that he can lay low for a while and stumbles upon this planet Sorgan, walks into a bar and recognizes Cara Dune. They have this really cool scene where he walks out and they just kind of wrestle for a bit. And but then Cara we... gets the better of him, I think. Oh, right? definitely. Yeah. 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 I would say she's a really good hand to hand fighter. I was wish she... we had Jimmy here. Was she ex Empire or ex rebel? She was a rebel. rebel she was a drop right, trooper. Right. Yeah. So we see her backstory. She says that she got a lot of her work following the Battle of Endor, which was the destruction of the second Death Star. Um, And she kind of has been looking for a purpose, it seems like, since the Rebellion. Because she's just been out of work. Yeah, after there was a war, she said that all of the Rebellion troopers kind of turned into a police force. And she said, that's not what I signed up for. So now she's just kind of doing her thing, bouncing around. She says that she's here on this beautifully peaceful planet of Sorgan as like an early retirement. So her and Mando are kind of in the same boat. They're just trying to avoid it all and and lay low for a while. So that's Cara Dune. Episode four is called Sanctuary, and it's both of them wanting to lay low. They stumble upon this. It's almost like an alarmingly peaceful village. Like this village is so unbelievably peaceful. It's like something out of I don't know if you've ever seen the Seven Samurai, but it's just literally, yeah, just a peaceful village. It's like a rice paddy or something. Yeah, just a rice field. There's just nothing much to it. But they're getting plagued by these kind of brutes. I guess they're just a very... I don't know what you would call them, like an animalistic tribesman species that basically the Mongolians to the Chinese. Yeah, they're super strong. They scream a lot and they (laughs) they just come in and they they raid and raid and raid this this poor village that doesn't know how to. But they do have a secret weapon on their side. Yes, they do. They have an ATST, which are kind of those imperial walkers on two legs. We not all know the what camels. They look like. Yeah, they're the two yeah, legs. Not ones. the camels. They're the ostriches, I guess <laughs> yeah. you would call it. Yeah, whatever. Um, but if you recall what they looked 
like in the original trilogy, they look really badass in this show. It was Again, terrifying in that. And not to the CGI and the the brutes kind of painted it with the war paint. So it's kind of like rugged and feral. Mm-hmm. And this thing looks like a beast. It has the glowing red eyes and it's taken out trees as it goes. But that's their secret weapon. So this poor village of farmers is completely overwhelmed. We have Mando and Cara Dune as the experienced vets. They kind of train the village up to defend themselves and help them take out the ATST. Mm-hmm. Mando, uh, this is also where we get another one of our side characters, Amara, and her yes. daughter Winta. Who Amara is the mom, and she kind of has a little there's bit a, of chemistry with Mando. Yeah, there's a little potential love interest here. I'm not ready to ship them yet as a as a couple. Yeah. There was def. I don't know if it was just you know some side piece for the time being, but. I kind of like her. She's if she some, comes back, I'm yeah. not going to be upset. But if Mando's moved on, I'm also not going to be upset. You know, like he's going to be traveling the galaxy. There's going to be plenty of other yeah. women in his. In I don't his think there's a whole lot of reason he would have to go back there. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we're going to see Amara or Winta again. But, you know, who knows? Maybe at the very end, you know, like when Mando's finally done. And <laughs> maybe that's he where just he like, retires, yeah, takes he off retired. the helmet because Amara, she was trying to take off the helmet. A couple times, I think. And well, that's she the thing. Sto- you take, he stopped him. He keeps saying, you take off the helmet, you can't put it back on. So I think there's a time in... It's either you die or you take off the helmet and you just start being a normal person. Mm-hmm. And the Mandalorian way does not suggest that many Mandalorians do the taking off the helmet. Yes, yeah. a lot of them probably die before they do it, but mm-hmm. I'm sure some choose that route and he has that choice. He could take it off and he could have the happy life. And, and no, care. Yeah, no one knows his identity, so it's yeah. like if he does take off that helmet, he just becomes your average Joe. Mm-hmm. And Kara kind of says that. She says, hey man, you're a bounty hunter, but you could just take off the helmet and sip yeah you know sip on some cocktails with this beautiful <laughs> wife and her kid like come on man that's that seems like a pretty good deal but he thinks on a, it but doesn't yeah this up. is our boy mando yeah. he's got bigger fish to fry than just kicking back and relaxing on uh on sorgan mm-hmm. but i thought that was a really cool episode um there was kind of a similar episode in the clone Wars series wherein anakin and obi-wan trained up these puny little alien species to defend themselves okay, same maybe exact, it's probably an ode to that honestly it's the same exact storyline um and there's also a sequence where like the villagers are with sticks like practicing, in a line, their, practicing their forms yeah. and I feel like it's frame for frame from what the Clone Wars <laughs> was it was really funny and it's just kind of a little wink to the people that watched it yeah. I think but it was still a good episode very mm-hmm. good episode like all of them were mm-hmm. that will take us to episode five the gunslinger dave this is your episode this was so b tom's asked me prior to the podcast what uh one of my favorite episodes was and honestly this one stood out to me i don't think b tom's had the same love he did obviously like the episode but this was i did like the episode yeah yeah this one was i don't know why i really liked it i just like the betrayal in it like think, the political side of everything okay so i think the reason I didn't like it is because it was probably my two least favorite characters. It wasn't a necessary thing. It wasn't a necessary episode either. Mm. Really? Like it just kind of emphasized the fact mm-hmm. that they are just being hunted by anybody who is looking for a dime, you know? So it has episode five starts with Mando in a gunfight with, I don't know, some dude that's going to die very soon. They're just in in (laughs) space and Mando is being followed by a dude shooting at him from behind. And the dude has the audacity to say, I can take you in warm or I can take you in cold. Mando cuts the engines, like flips the script on him. It says, that's my line and blasts this (laughs) dude into oblivion. 
Just shout out any anime ever for that one. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, but you know, he has his engine shot out, so he has to go to Moss Eisley, which is one of the few cities that we know about from the movies. Moss Eisley, I believe, is on Tat. Tatooine, yeah, that Tatooine. Is a, but one that's, of the famous Star Wars. Yeah, planets. that's where Luke, Obi Wan, and Han are in the Katina. The yeah, Katina is that the word can, for it? Cantina, Cantina. Yeah. But, but yeah. he, he comes across a, a young man by the name of Toro. But before oh, that, yeah, yeah. before that, he meets the the mechanic or whatever. She's important, I think. You I think, think she's important? I think she'll come uh, back at least. In I hated two. her. I think she, she was. was the, all right. I think she was the forced, um, like nostalgic, cheesy character that was just too much for me. She was. A, she was a representation of the audience and how the audience oh, yeah. felt of like Baby Yoda because like. She wasn't like a mother figure, but like once she got her hands on yeah. Baby Yoda, she became a mother almost. But yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of her, but I mean, she's still alive. She's a mechanic. I think that's just going to yeah. be a huge role for Mando in the next season. So I think we'll see Especially more. Especially now that we don't have Queel anymore. Yeah, we don't have Queel. Yeah. Um, another thing we haven't even said: Mando does not fuck with droids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and she has thing. her little like three worker droids, and he says. Don't let them near my ship. They can't work on it. It's all got to be you. She says it'll take a lot longer, but he does not fuck with droids. So your boy, Dave's favorite character, Toro. <laughs> what's his last name? Uh, Catacan? Toro. Calican yeah. or something? Calican. Um, Calican. Calican. I have him in my notes as Loser McGee because uh, Toro <laughs> Calican. Yeah. He ended up being a Loser McGee for sure. Yeah. So Toro, we find out. I wanted to like him in the beginning too. He seemed like a hot shot, like kind of like Han Solo vibes, you know. But remind me of uh, who's the guy from uh, Marvel's uh, Peter Peter Quill. Peter Quill. Yeah. Quint? Peter Quill. Quill. It's, it's Quill. Quill. Yeah. yeah. Star Lord. Star Lord. Yeah. I was trying to. Yeah, I was like <laughs> Stargazer. I was like thinking Stargazer. Yeah. No. It's yeah, not I can it. see it. You kind of remind me of yeah. that guy. But anyway, we find out that he has a hit out for. What's her name? Fennec Fennec Shand. Shand. Fennec Shand, who is this mercenary who was employed by all of the top crime syndicates, including the Huts, Mm -hmm. as in Jabba Jabba the the Hutt. Yeah. Yeah. So Mando says, hey, good luck, kid. But if this is the job that gets you into the into the Bounty Hunters Guild, then is a shitty job. Nobody wants to go. Yeah, Yeah, it's a death wish, essentially. And he says. Hey man, I know that's why I need your help. You can have all of the money. I just want kind of the the recognition and, and to get into the guild, but the money's all yours. So Mando is strapped for cash because he needs to pay for his repairs. He agrees to go on this mission and take out Fennec Shand. Honestly, a really, really, really cool sequence where they're on the speeder bikes going through the dunes, shooting the flares. Yeah, so they get into. Fennec has a sniper and the high ground. Um, they got shot at, and then they have to hide behind a dune until it gets dark out. Also, I I just loved this sequence. It was I, so I, cool. It was a really well done scene, absolutely. With Fennec, you know, manning the sniper, trying mm-hmm. to because she we saw that she could hit her shots if given the yeah. opportunity. So they had to figure out a a way that they could approach her without getting caught. And, you know, they're using their flares. It was just a really brilliant scene overall. And that was honestly one of the, the reasons why I enjoyed it is that particular team uh, scene. However, you know, after a back and forth, um, they best Fennec. Toro is in charge of essentially watching her while Mando yeah. goes back because now their bikes are fucked up. Right. So, th- so they they have 
they have one bike they have two bikes for how did the bike get fucked up because i think you're I think, right i think she or, just might have she might have just hit this like hit one of the shots and they're like it okay. fucked up. point being they have to go back for the blurg which is kind of like it doesn't look like a horse but they they can ride it yeah you they know, can it's ride this two, something it's yeah. this two-legged monster that they can ride they're mm-hmm. kind of cool i fuck with the blurgs but during that time while mando is out getting the blurg or whatever it's called uh Fennec, as she's tied up, kind of starts to talk Toro into mm-hmm. getting the baby for himself. And why kill me? If you grab that baby and bring it back to the Empire, you will be more famous than if you kill me, essentially. Yeah, she's being very manipulative. Um, And not even the baby. I'm not sure if Fennec knows about the baby, or just but the, definitely the, asset, the Mandalorian. The, yeah, or the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, that's right, that's yes. Right, that's and right. I think she puts two and two together and says there's a huge hit out on the Mandalorian. Like, did you see him with an asset or something like that because i think everybody knows the mandalorian has something important and toro has seen the kid before so he's like wow i can have the mandalorian and the kid and get a much bigger reward and recognition so yeah but and then toro ends up shooting shand which i thought was crazy i thought that was a nice yeah that was a curveball yeah it was a curveball and eventually toro goes back to the ship where the where baby yoda is yeah him and mando have basically a shootout and just doesn't end well for Toro's a new guy going against man a Mandalorian like we have we knew how this was gonna end is such a badass just like yeah he has a gun to baby Yoda's head first off strike one buddy yeah not (laughs) mess with baby Yoda Mando (laughs) takes care of business and you know just pops we're on our way so that's episode five episode six is another good one it's called the prisoner and we find Mandalorian the Mandalorian uh, seeking out an old friend. And I say that with quotes, a quote unquote old friend named Ran. who was kind of someone he used to run with back in the day, used to have jobs for him. You know, that's all we really know about him. But he says he has a five man job for him to retrieve a prisoner from a new Republic prison ship that's manned by droids. So on the surface, it seems like a pretty simple mission, but there's a lot more to it. But, this is where we get introduced to a couple more side characters. Some wind up dying. Uh, Ran winds up dying eventually. But the other people that are going to be on this mission are Mayfeld, played by Bill Burr. I really <laughs> liked uh, Mayfeld, and I love Bill Burr. Yeah. Like we all love Bill Burr. We're so like, we love Bill Burr. We here. like Mayfeld, and and I'm hoping to see more of him. Um, an alien chick named Shion. And an alien guy named Berg who just looks like a red devil. <laughs> yeah. He's the muscle. Yep. Kind of cool, like, you know, quirky characters, very Star Wars, but I kind of like the squad and a droid named Zero. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but he doesn't make it either because Mando doesn't fuck with droids. <laughs> and they go on this whole mission. Very, again, very cool sequence. Like, this episode probably doesn't have a whole lot to do with the overarching story, but I was still engaged the whole time. Very cool sequences. And, I, you know, it was a lot of fun this episode. Yeah. But they go to the New Republic prison ship. They break out the prisoner who is revealed to be this guy, Quinn, who also has some history with the Mandalorian. It's alluded to that back in the day, Mando left him to die. And that's why he's now on this prison ship. Long story short, uh, Berg pushes him into the prison shell and they they do the kind of switcheroo. And it doesn't work out for them the way that they want it to. Because our boy Mando busts himself out using like a, you know, severed droid arm, gets himself out of the cell and hunts them down one, excuse me, one by one. 
uh, ending with Quinn, who he decides to bring back as a prisoner to Ran. But he kind of fucks them because he plants a re- what is it? A Republic like tracker chip or something? Yeah, it it's, was just yeah, a tracker. Yeah. So so on the prison ship, they mm-hmm. run into one human that's just there running the show who has this. It's almost like a Buster Cole, honestly. Yeah. From, from One, one Piece. piece yeah. it's, it's a button he can press to essentially tell call the Republic. everyone. Call everyone and blow up whatever's here. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's a buster call. That is exactly what it is. So that's how Ran and Quinn die. Mm -hmm. However, Mando leaves the rest of the crew alive. And I think it was cool because his choice of words was they all got what they deserve. And he didn't kill them. Yeah. So they're all prisoners now. We get confirmation of that. And that's why I think we're going to see them. Okay. Yeah. That would be, I would love to see that, honestly. Mm hmm. And the end of chapter six will bring us to, I've been calling them episodes. They're actually chapters. Chapters, So the end of chapter six will bring us to chapter seven titled The Reckoning, which starts out with Mando getting a transmission from Grief, who, like I said, Mando believed Grief to be dead. But Grief is essentially saying that the the Imperial presence on Navarro has drastically increased since you left with... uh, with baby Yoda, like the empire is just here and they're not really going away. He essentially tells Mando, if you come help us out, we take out the client. Uh, the empire leaves Navarro and I will wipe your slate clean with the guild. Nobody else will be after you. It's a win-win. Mm-hmm. And that kind of draws Mando in, but our boy can't go in without covering his back. So he, he rallies the troops. He goes back, gets Cara Dune, who is hesitant at first. But then once she finds out that they're going to be fighting Empire, she's like, all right, I'm all um, in. Sign me up. And our homie Queel, he's man. What yeah. else can you say? So it's those four, right? It's Mando, Cara, Grief, and Quill. And IG-11. And IG-11. Who, noteworthy re- enough, Quill has reprogrammed to be a nurse droid, like yeah. a, a protector rather than a bounty hunter droid. They also want to use him to help come up with a plan to throw the Imperials off Baby Yoda's scent. Essentially, you know, they'll turn in Baby Yoda's pram, like the floating device that mm-hmm. he sits in, to the client while Quill actually takes the kid and himself to safety. But yeah, they obviously they need IG-11. After seeing him kick ass in episode two yeah. or whatever it was, they know how useful he can be. Mando still doesn't want to bring him, but Quill insists. Doesn't want to. Yeah, Quill says, to. you got to you know, if you trust me, then you trust my handiwork. I reprogrammed him. It's going to be fine. I don't go if the robot doesn't go. So Mando reluctantly agrees to bring IG-11 in. Mm -hmm. So the original plan, uh, Mando rendezvous with Grief, and Grief kind of has his own security detail with him, and they meet in a remote location. And it's revealed that the original plan was for grief and his two bounty hunters to turn on Mando, kill him and take baby baby Yoda for his own. But before that can happen, grief is mortally wounded and saved by baby Yoda's force power. Yep. So that makes grief kind of sympathetic. Puts him in the exact same position as the Mandalorian was. Exactly. Didn't, didn't, wanted to get baby Yoda for the prize, but eventually found love in him. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the plan changes. It is now again, grief Mando, Cardoon, Quill, IG-11, and Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. The plan is now going to be Grief and Kara 
are going to bring Mando to the client in the Navarro town as if he was their prisoner. They caught him and also give them a gift wrapped baby Yoda who will not actually, actually be there. Yeah. Queel is instructed to bring baby Yoda back to the ship. Mm-hmm. What they're going to bring is the little stroller. Yeah, <laughs> we can a call floating, it the it's a floating stroller. stroller that yeah. thing's dope, honestly. No, yeah. It just kind of follows them. <laughs> but the floating stroller, they're going to leave it closed so that they don't know Baby Yoda's not there. And it's going to be great. Real quick shout out to Dragon Ball Z because it reminds me of Frieza's mm, little capsule that he rides yeah, around for sure. in. <laughs> for sure. So we get into Navarro and Grief kind of told them that there were only going to be four stormtroopers there tops. When we start getting into the town, we see that there's not. dozens. <laughs> yeah, like, there's not literally just four of them. 50 minimum. <laughs> and Mando and Cardoon are just looking at each other like, what is the deal here? Yeah. You just lied to our faces. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, they're starting to sweat because they're starting to understand what's really going on here. Regardless, they follow through with the plan and they go in to meet the client in kind of the bar the cantina i guess you would call yeah, it i think yeah this one I it wasn't the out. cantina yeah. but it was a yeah. yeah just a little bar i guess or whatever mm-hmm. and we have this little back and forth it seems like the client is taking the bait yeah as of as of how the plan's going it's working out well I, when does it turn to shit like how does it turn to shit i don't even remember so it's when we get the call from Moff. Oh, right, right, Yes, right. and this is our introduction to the character Moff Gideon. Well, actually, the client starts to press them and say, I want to see the child, like, open up the care, you know, oh, the right, stroller right, right, thing. Right, right. And right before he can finally, like, get privy to their plan, he's interrupted by a transmission, and he says, you know, excuse me, I have to take this. And we get the introduction to Moff Gideon, who is... Our big bad as of right now. He's an imperial warlord. Um, Mm. Yeah. So, and I think does Mando Mando doesn't know of him all yet at this point in time, right? Like he's not like, oh, that name sounds familiar, right? I don't think so. so. He didn't hear the transmission. He just yeah. He he takes it in private. Um, Mando would have recognized the name. I think I think they all would have. I think he's a pretty well known guy. He's pretty higher up in the empire. But yeah, Gideon recommends that the client double check the kid's whereabouts. Yeah. And then the plan, that's when it becomes a huge shootout between the 50 Imperials there. The client says, don't worry, the baby's here sleeping. And Moth just says, I would double check, cuts the transmission. The client gets blasted and the entire bar is completely under siege by stormtroopers blasting them. Mm -hmm. I love referring to it as blasting. I feel like it's like, blast them. (laughs) Roger, Roger, baby. <laughs> so they have our boys pinned down, our boys and girl pinned mm-hmm. down. There are six. I don't know what you would call it, like super troopers, like the black troopers. Yeah, super troopers. Whenever we'll you see it, whenever you see a trooper that That's is not, not white. all white, it means they're a higher up ranking person. It's pretty obvious, but I you think all the different ones, red ones. Yeah. So the red one is the flame trooper, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also like the speeder bike guys. Yeah, there the, are different there are different classes of stormtroopers. It's basically like a navy, you know, mm-hmm. an army and a, like a marines. And I think I remember Mayfeld was a former empire personnel and when he's doing his introduction mando calls him out for just being a stormtrooper he's like no i was not just a stormtrooper like believe that i was one of the higher ups it's probably rocking some black or some red oh yeah absolutely (laughs) but 
So they're all pinned down in the bar. And there are two troopers that are on speeder bikes that kind of intercept Mando's calm to Queel, telling him, Queel, it's a trap. They have us pinned down. Like, get the kid back to safety as soon as possible. Get in the ship and just dip. So we see these cuts to Queel kind of like mushing his blur gone, trying to get back to the ship as soon as possible. But the troopers on speeders intercept the comms and a speeder is faster than a blurg. And unfortunately, they managed to get to Quill and just in time. He yeah. is so close to the Razor Crest, which is the name of the ship, by the way, the Razor Crest, which is a pretty cool ship. Badass name, Razor mm. Crest. <laughs> and they kill Quill. That was I was so upset because I really thought Quill was going to be, you know, in it for the long haul. Be so one of the boys, I. you know, kind of be the 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 canary as the, the canary, boys. Yeah, the canary wow. to the mando you know wow. Bringing i was trying to think of it i was it. just like the boys i was trying mm-hmm. to remember what huey was but it was the canary i thought he was going to be you know that that kind of character but i sad. like that disney had the balls to take him out I, this nope, early yep. yeah i hated it but i'm glad that i hated it that much you know what i mean it was, it was yep. a good satisfying death um what Deaths i thought are was always gonna, sad but i thought that ig11 was going to come out right then and there and take out the troopers but unfortunately he didn't Quill's now dead and the troopers retrieve baby yoda and seemingly are bringing him back to navarro well navarro is the planet but the yeah, town on Gideon. navarro mm-hmm. and to end the episode we have a tie fighter touchdown right in front of the bar in the little what would you call it the bazaar, bazaar. i guess lands right there the tie fighter by the way looks spectacular mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Moff Gideon in the flesh arrives and emerges from the TIE fighter. Dope entrance. Dope entrance for any character. What's the name of that actor? He's obviously in The Boys. Uh, He's Breaking Bad. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I think it's... But he... I love him. He plays a great villain in all of... And everything we've seen him in, he's been a phenomenal actor. Giancarlo Esposito. He's very well known. He, He plays Gus from Breaking Bad. He is... Stan Edgar, Stan Edgar and the boys. And, and now, now he's, he's Mal Gideon. Gideon. <laughs> yes, he's a very good head villain. I would trust him to play any villain in any show movie. And he'll, he'll kill it as yeah, always. Absolutely. Damn, I didn't even put that together. Yeah, he's he's everywhere. Man. Yeah, he's great. So that's him. That's our introduction to Moff Gideon. He is our big bad and he looks the part. Honestly, he's an intimidating presence. You don't want to mess with this guy. Mm hmm. <sighs> That sucks. Queel's dead. Okay, but yeah, and they scoot Baby Yoda. That's the end of episode seven, which sets us up for a awesome chapter eight. Hell of an episode eight. This is when we get you know IG eleven yeah. in action, uh-huh. some more of him in action. We Whenever get a lot he's more. in action. I just love how his arms rotate around his body. He's just so cool. Mm-hmm. But chapter eight starts with the two. excuse me, the two troopers on speeder bikes arriving at a checkpoint just outside of the town. And they're coming in and saying, hey, are we clear to bring the asset to Moff Gideon? And the guy on the transmission says, yeah, you're clear, but you might want to wait a little bit. Moff Gideon just took out an entire platoon of stormtroopers. You know, they ask him again, hey, are we good to go? He said, "Ah, I wouldn't. He just took out an officer for interrupting (laughs) him. So Moff Gideon's just taking people out to to assert his dominance if you will mm-hmm. and these two troopers are kind of funny they they're, were having a funny back and forth they're, just they're like, shooting the shit but they make the grave mistake of hitting baby yoda an actual punch yep they they fucked 
And yeah, I thought it was just up. the one guy that does it, but then the other guy like starts kind of poking him. It's the one guy just wants to see was, Baby Yoda the whole yeah, time. Yeah, he was trying the to defend like, no. Baby Yoda, and then mm-hmm. it, they, yeah, they eventually... Baby Yoda bit him, and then he punches him. <laughs> and right after that, IG Eleven strolls up, and I'm like, thank God. I did not want to see Baby Yoda take mm-hmm. a beating right there. Yeah. So IG-11 shows up and says that he is Baby Yoda's nurse droid. And the two troopers are like, what? IG-11s are usually always hunter droids. What are you doing? He's like, well, not me. I'm a nurse droid. And he proceeds to kick their asses <laughs> to protect Baby Yoda. He like snaps the dude's wrist. He, yeah. He's awesome. He definitely breaks one of the speeders because I think he like body slams someone onto it. Yeah. Yep. It's awesome. But he secures the bag, takes Baby Yoda in tow back to the Razor Crest, seemingly back to the Razor Crest. Mm-hmm. That's where I thought he was going, at least. Thought so too, but he eventually makes his way to the underground society of right the Mandalor the where the Mandalorian clan is. No, 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 no. He goes right into town. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We have a ooh, that's an awesome scene of no, him into town. Yeah. But we'll get there. So then we go. So much happens this episode. Was this an hour episode or was it still another 30 minutes? I think it was 45. It was like 45. All it was like a, a hard 45 minutes. Yeah, the last one was a little these bit pa- longer. These but past was... couple are like an even 50 minutes yeah. of stuff. Well, the homies are trying to figure out a way into the sewers to get to the Mandalorian covert. The stormtroopers are outside assembling a weapon called an E-Web heavy repeating blaster. And this is just a massive turret that would ruin their day if it got put together and fired on them at which point we have moff gideon addressing the people in the bar he says i'm sure the republican shock trooper kara cynthia dune of alderaan will advise you that she has witnessed many of her ranks vaporized mid-descent facing the predecessor of this particular model referring to the e-web turret and that's interesting because alderaan is the home planet of another famous star wars figure who is that figure uh, was it Luke? No, Princess Leia, oh, Leia from right. Alderaan. Yeah, 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 Leia from Alderaan. Princess Leia from Alderaan. Yeah, and at this point, Alderaan, Alderaan has already been blown, blown up. up. So I would assume Alderanians are pretty rare. Yeah, I didn't even put that together. Yeah, if she's oh, from yeah, Alderaan, true. she's super rare. Yeah, because they're. I'm, I'm sure the that last whole left. race. Yeah, yeah is hundred percent. Then we have Moff Gideon talking to the Mandalorian. He says, or perhaps the decommissioned Mandalorian hunter Din Djarin has heard the songs of the Siege of Mandalore when gunships outfitted with similar ordnance laid waste to fields of Mandalorian recruits in the Night of a Thousand Tears. And that's a lot of information. And it, that, that, I think, refers to the night that then the reason why the Mandalorian has such issues with droids, as we eventually get to, is that yeah. the night that he was accepted into the, the Mandalorian club, basically, he was his whole family, yeah. his name, like his whole village was destroyed by droids, imperial droids. I think. So we actually literally get the flashback right after this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's exactly that his unnamed home planet is under siege by their Clone Wars era droids. We have the the B2 super battle droids are those with well, the big the black silver standing silver, figures okay. that kind of they looked really, really cool. They were the big too. bulky things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're pretty iconic in the Star Wars universe. I, I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mando essentially tells the other, you know, I wasn't born on Mandalore. Mandalorian isn't a race. It's a creed. So you don't have to be born on Mandalore to be a Mandalorian. And it's his backstory. And this flashback that we get is his planet's under siege. 
his parents are kind of carrying him and they hide him in the cellar where he is found by one of the droids. And before he can get shot down by the droid, he is saved by a Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. And we see the Mandalorians descending on their jetpacks and kind of saving his hometown from the droid presence. But he is left an orphan and what is referred to as a foundling. And what a foundling is, is essentially when you are orphaned, you are a foundling. If you are found by the Mandalorians, they are dictated by their creed to take care of you until you come of age or you are returned to your species. Was it an option? I didn't know it was an option. Like if you were an orphan, like could you, did you have to become a Mandalorian? Like, could you have just left at any point in time? Like once you felt like you could leave or I guess they would just have nowhere to go. Really? They would have nowhere to go. Um, I, I'm not sure if you have to become a Mandalorian. It's more if you are the Mandalorian that found the foundling, you are responsible for it. Whether mm. or not that whether or not with, they follow in your yeah, footsteps or with not. With regards to Baby Yoda specifically, we have a conversation later in this episode between Mando and the covert leader chick mm. where he says, what, what am I supposed to do with it? Where am I going with this? Uh Oh, yes. He asked, you think I'm supposed to train this thing? And she says, no, it's too young and weak. So may- maybe it's the expectation that you would train mm-hmm. it to be a Mandalorian. I don't know. But their creed is you got to take care of it until right. it comes of age. Or, And if you're taking care of it for years, you're going to train it to be a Mandalorian. Right. You know Obviously, what I mean? you're not going to have many jobs. Mm-hmm. That's a, cert- a particular skill set yeah. that is only viable <laughs> for the Mandalorians. Yeah. So that's Mando's flashback. We get confirmation of his backstory and we find out that his name is Din Djarin. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of info. Then what else do we We see Moff Gideon addressing now finally grief. He says, I advise disgraced magistrate grief Karga to search the wisdom of his years and urge you to lay down your arms and come outside. So he's just saying, be smart, come outside. Mm -hmm. He continues to talk to them and say, I offer reasonable negotiation and I understand you have no reason to trust me. You can't trust me. The insurance I will give you is this. I will act in my own self-interest, which at this time involves your cooperation and benefit. I will give you until nightfall. Then the E-Web opens fire. He is such a way with words. So good. (laughs) And he kind of, he kind (laughs) of has that cadence that Stan Edgar has too, where he talks like, and if you remember, sir, like uh, he, he kills it. He's very belittling to whoever he's talking to because oh, he yeah. just in all these positions that he plays, he has all the information he needs on everyone so he yeah. can learn to play everyone like chess pieces, essentially. My man's got a thesaurus in his back yeah. pocket or something. He <laughs> just real. he just comes up with the best <laughs> words to say stuff. Wow, that's a hell of a sentence. <laughs> I'm talking him up in the sentence that just came just out the of my opposite mouth way. Is, comes up with the best words to say stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow. The Mandalorian people bringing out the best in us. Anyway, IG, where am I going though? IG 11. Uh, doesn't he save the day? They're all pinned down. Gideon was doing his speech about giving them. Okay. No, so IG 11. Yes, this is where this comes in. IG 11 is talking to Mando on, I guess it was Queel's comm system and tells him that Queel is dead and he is fulfilling his base function to be a nurse and protect baby Yoda. Hell yeah. Which cuts to him on the speeder bike, just blades of glory, (laughs) 
charging into this town and he takes out everything in his wake. This uh, thing is a machine. I was telling B Toms, I really like the scene when, you know, they get into the town, they're getting fired at. He grabs Baby Yoda, flips into the backside. His body yeah. then proceeds to turn back around in the front and just starts popping people left and right. I love that scene. Mm. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, he he causes havoc and kind of, you know, it it turns into a gunfight. Um, mm-hmm. Kara, Mando, and Grief use that distraction to get themselves out of the bar and kind of give themselves a fighting chance. And it's kind of just this open firing between the stormtroopers and the Empire and, you know, our heroes, for lack of a better term. All the while, Baby Yoda is in tow. Like, he is yeah. just kind of in IG-11's arms during all of this. He has no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ending of this is Mando takes control of the E-Web turret and starts kind of shooting everybody. Moff shoots at, I guess, the battery, like the power source for this turret. A huge explosion, and Mando gets gets pretty injured. He takes a lick. Uh, Kara comes out and drags him back into the bar where they all kind of... They're, they're back in the bar. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pin- just pinned down. In a now. worse situation than they were because Mando can't move... IG-11 is offering to, you know, provide support. Mm -hmm. He's saying, you got to take off your helmet. I need to treat you because I think he has a pretty severe head injury at this point in time. And Mando to this point is still like, no, I can't do that. He tells them to leave him to die. It's like we were saying, most Mandalorians choose to die before they would choose to take off their helmet. And that's the decision he's trying to make here. Because, However, yes. However, he finally gets Kara to leave and says, take the child, make sure it's safe. And IG-11 says, I will stay with the Mandalorian. And they leave. Yep. And IG-11 starts to say, I I can treat your wounds, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And Mando pulls a gun and says, you touch my helmet, like, I'll kill you. No living thing has ever seen my face. And IG-11 hits him with a, well, I'm not a living thing. A droid is no such thing. Yeah. (laughs) So he gives in and is allowed, IG-11 is the first preach thing to see who mandalorian looks what mandalorian looks like it's pretty cool (laughs) it's a touching moment too because this really pulls you know this is character development right here mandalorian had always hated droids we had seen that for seven plus episodes seven and a half episodes and here we are he finally recognizes ig11 as a good guy Mm -hmm. allows him to do the one most secretive thing that he would he's not allowed to do so it's just character development right there. And before this happens, we get another Baby Yoda Force moment where the flo- mm. flame trooper kind of enters the bar and starts, you He's know, torching to- it. But he has an open shot on the group. They would just be screwed. And Baby Yoda bails him out with the Force and kind of literally stops the flamethrower mid-throwing flames. <laughs> and it's awesome. They yeah. do a really good job of depicting the Force. And I think there are, I think there are some powers that Baby Yoda does that we didn't really see in the older movies like i don't remember the force being able to heal people Mm-mm. like that wasn't a thing we saw from I a think, lot of jedi that's what that's I a think new th- that might be just their species thing mm-hmm. who, who obviously knows at this yeah. point in time but yeah that was a nice i think that was a cool power to add in for baby yoda have. yeah definitely and as we know the force works in mysterious ways mm-hmm. so you know everything's fair game this could be another layer to mm-hmm. the force so IG-11 heals up our boy Mando, takes off his helmet. You know, it's a great scene. And they catch up with Kara, Grief, and Baby Yoda, who are making their way through the sewers um, and the Mandalorian covert. What, the, what they're doing is looking for help from the Mandalorians because they would obviously be sympathetic to Mando and what they have going on here. Mm-hmm. 
As they're making their way through the sewer, they stumble across a pile of Mandalorian helmets and armor, and Mando knows what that means. He assumes the worst and thinks all the Mandalorians are dead. The Empire found them, yada, yada, yada. He starts to blame grief and says, was this you? Was this retribution by the guild? And then we see our head chick from the Mandalorian covert come out and say, no, we they Left. took off their helmets willingly like it was it was time to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is just here salvaging the remains because she's she's like the metal worker and she she's just do, be, she's just doing an honorable thing for herself and her clan, basically just kind of breaking down. All, is it is it best car? I'm guessing. Best, yeah, they're yeah. just all she's just melding it down, basically. Well, I think that probably not all of it is Beskar because it's very right. rare and they wear like other armor but she's probably salvaging what all of can. the Beskar she can find from that mm-hmm. she she is a very very loyal Mandalorian it seems like and seems to be kind of like the keeper of their traditions or at exactly. least with regards to this covert mm-hmm. so and she knows the importance of that position which is why she she, tells she just doesn't want the heritage to end out she wants yeah. it to keep going that's and what Ma- she was doing even in the beginning of the series yeah. when we saw her and mando invites her to come with them several times and she says no like my place is here this that and the other thing it's honorable is what it is i i like this chick and i think we're gonna see her again because i think mando has a lot of respect for her yeah and she was kicking some stormtrooper butt man in those yeah series, definitely i like sure. that was a good scene for her absolutely so before we move on to the IG-11 rips in the chat scene, I, there's some dialogue that I thought was important that the covert leader says. Mando shows her baby Yoda because she asks, well, what is the asset that's causing all this trouble? Sees baby Yoda. And Mando says, you know, it's special. He's he could his species can move things with his mind. And she says, oh, I'm familiar with such powers. Um, the songs of eons past tell of battles between Mandalore, the great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi that fought with such powers. The force it's it's kind was the enemy. But this one in particular is not. It's a foundling by creed. It is in your care. You have no choice but to reunite it with its own kind. To which Mando says, you expect me to search the galaxy for the home of this creature and deliver it to a race of enemy enemy sorcerers. And she says, this is the way (laughs) I love that, man. That's just kind of like the be all end all. This is the way it's a cherry on top. Mm -hmm. And then she says what I already said by creed until the foundling comes of age or is reunited with its kind. You are as its father. This is the way <laughs> um, she gifts him his his signet, which I guess is a Mandalorian thing. You know, you had to earn it, but it's it's kind of just a, a decoration that they put on their shoulder plates. Um, it's called a signet and his is of the mud. It horn. might be just like a coming of age thing. Like yeah. kind of like, mm-hmm. OK, you've reached the point of you're finally done your training kind of for thing. sure. And it was cool that he got it, though. And yeah. of course, it's going to be the mud horn. And she says, now, yeah, you that are, was, now you are a clan of two. It, it makes perfect. sense. It's pretty yeah, cool. It was awesome. But another huge thing, she says, have you been trained in the rising Phoenix? And he says, yes, as a boy. And she says, well, here you go, dude. Now you got a jetpack, yep. <laughs> which earlier Mando said, I got to get me one of those. Yeah. So glad he has a jetpack. And, and here we are. Boy, does he know how to use it? So. We got the covert leader chick whooping some uh, stormtrooper ass, which leads us to believe that she is still alive and well. And hopefully we see her in season two. Our heroes kind of uh, 
reconvene at a lava river and they get on this boat and this is where we get our ig11 rips in the chat scene yep just finally he self-destructs just to give his friends their only way out essentially from the imperial trap and it was sad to see i mean it was kind of i guess it was kind of foreseeable almost at this point because someone they had the someone had to make a sacrifice for them to get out of there Mm -hmm. and ig11 was the only one capable of that but a very good scene, you know, very touching for just a droid, yeah. you know. Well, and it was character development because Mando is the one that's really saying, no, you can't do this. You can't leave us yeah, like this. Exactly. We need you to fight. And IG-11 <laughs> IG says, I can tell you're sad. He's like, I'm not sad. He's like, I analyze your voice. You are sad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I could tell. And then he steps out of the boat, which also he looked really cool just walking through the lava. Mm-hmm. And goes to the end of the tunnel and self-destructs all the stormtroopers that were waiting to ambush them, giving them safe passage um, and seemingly a clear route at an escape. But it's not that easy because we have our friend Moff Moff Gideon Gideon. flying over in his TIE fighter and they do not have the firepower to handle it. So they're kind of pinned down. They Mm -hmm. don't really have anywhere to go. However, Mando activating that Ooh. that jetpack, jetpack, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's the only way to keep up with Gideon's uh, TIE fighter. Yeah, pretty impressive display for someone who hasn't used a jetpack in yeah. a very long time. That but... was probably my one, I think, uh, at least from what I remember, it was probably my only issue. Yeah. It was just like, okay, he said he didn't know how to use it. And now he he's did say he was flying. trained as a kid, though. So, like, he knows up and down, probably. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, Regardless, it was still a mm-hmm. very well done sky battle, if you want to say that. Yeah. Um, so he put all of his skills to the test. Um, he earned all of his best car and <laughs> he, he plants ex- explosives on the ship. Yeah. Right? So the way that he takes down the TIE fighter is he jetpacks up, he grappling hooks onto it. So he's kind of just being carried along and then he, he reels in the grappling hook and puts sticky bombs, bombs. on, on the wing. And then he just kind of like dips off and the wing explodes and there's Gideon no is seemingly killed in the process yeah <laughs> there was no explosion there, so there was no way i saw it hit the be. ground and it was just a cloud of dirt yeah there was no explosion there was no way they were taking I thought the moth. same thing too mm-hmm. um very obvious but like at the same time moth was not going to be taken out that quick and this was the part of the series that really is going to carry it through the next few yeah. seasons like we have a story with mandalorian trying to return baby yoda to his home we have that whole story but this adds another dimension another layer to yeah. the whole story because we see moff gideon use some kind of weapon to just open up a, a hole in the tie fighter that is now crashed. well we can refer to it as what it is it's the, the dark, dark saber, saber baby yeah, yeah. and it is and it, it's like the most badass weapon in the should star I get wars into universe that right now or should we wait till after we only have one more scene to like bring us yeah, full circle. So we'll do this so, and then I'll get into the, my yeah. little my small dark saber mm-hmm. rant on what it is. So where our characters are ending season one, Moff Gideon is with the dark saber emerging from this Tie Fighter and now has a chip on his shoulder and is anti Mando, mm-hmm. obviously. So that's going to be our big bad going forward. And we have grief and Kara and Mando. All just kind of saying what their plans are. Grief says now that Navarro is safe from the Empire's rule, like you guys should stay here and help me. You'd be welcome back into the guild with open arms and you would have your first pick of any mission you want. Uh, Kara is 
takes him up on that deal and says, yeah, I'll, I'll chill on Navarro for a little bit. I, I'm not doing anything. But Mando denies the opportunity to return to the guild because he has more pressing issues. He's listening to yeah. the uh, the Armor Smith's final words. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got he's yeah deliver the child back to his home planet. Yep. So Baby Yoda and Mando are on the Razor Crest and they're just going through the galaxy. Hyper we don't space. know. I don't even know where I would start finding the Jedi or this species. Yeah. But, you know, it's a tall order for Mando. We also see that Baby Yoda is wearing the Mythosaur necklace, yep. which is it's just a big Mandalorian thing. That's like the Valar Margulis chip in Game of Thrones. It's he told care he gave Cara Dune the necklace when he thought he was going to die and said, give this to the Mandalorian covert. Like they'll take care of you with this. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of like a, an, like a, a little it's a thing you know yeah, it, it's, it's a thing it's a mandalorian thing but thing. you know he he says oh baby yoda i didn't think i was ever going to see this again but why don't you hang on to it so mm-hmm. now baby yoda has the mythosaur necklace which i think is really really cool the mythosaur is just like a mandalorian uh lore thing they were these huge huge flying beasts that the mandalorians of old kind of like tamed and fought against mm-hmm. and i think slaughtered yeah. kind of akin to what the Fire Nation did to the dragons and Avatar. <laughs> no spoilers, but spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> and and yeah. that's, that's it. That's it for season one. That's Mando. Recap. Yeah, it was season one was phenomenal. Uh, it felt like, you know, the time for it felt fast. I mean, season two is already here. So I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. We'll, we'll get into the expectations. Let me get into the Darksaber yeah, real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll go into expectations for season two. So what we know of the Darksaber right now, uh, it was first seen in the Clone Wars. It was uh, Mandalorian made. It was actually created by uh, a man named, I think his name is Ter Vizsla. And he was actually the first Mandalorian to become a Jedi. Now, I think he was a wielder of this dark saber for a, a while. I think he had either passed away or something happened to him. And then the Jedi temple had taken the dark saber as an ode to him. However, his family felt like it belonged to them. Like the Mandalorians. It was, I think they were called house of Isla. They basically steal the, the, the dark saber from the Jedi temple. It goes through a bunch of different hands at this point in time. Like Darth Maul eventually steals it from house Fizzla. Essentially he uses it to train. He trains uh, some other people with it. Oh, Maul takes it. Yeah. Maul That's takes it cool. for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Cause he, he actually really, I think he states that he is really into it. It's actually a, he says it's like a heavy, but powerful sword that he wanted to add to his collection. Essentially. Yeah. It's, um, it's crafted different. It has a very unique look. It's, I should have done my research there. It's made more unique than any other lightsaber we've ever seen. It's like the coolest lightsaber too. I would say that and Mace Windu's purple one are the two coolest lightsabers we can see. That's not even up for debate either. Mm. (laughs) But the big thing about this is that like Dave was saying, it's the whole thing with this dark saber is it's, more than a weapon, it's a symbol of kind of the ruler of Mandalore. I have a quote. And the so, Mandalorian people. Go ahead. It's just a short quote. It's just, it is used to unify the people and strike down those that oppose them, essentially referring to uh, the Mandalorian people who, um, it's just, yeah, exactly what you were saying. It's a symbol of power for them. Anyone who opposes them will get struck down with the dark saber. Mm-hmm. So essentially, whoever is the owner of the dark saber is the rain, reigns over mandalore so right now moff gideon is seemingly that character right now he has control well should have control of the mandalorians 
Yes. So for those of you that do watch the animated series, the last time that we saw the Darksaber was in the hands of Bo-Katan Kreese? Cries? Yeah. Bo-Katan Kreese, we're going to call her. I don't, I don't know. She's known as Bo-Katan, though. Mm-hmm. And in Star Wars Rebels, which was not the Clone Wars animated series, but the other animated series, the Darksaber is given to Bo-Katan by Sabine Wren because Sabine identifies Bo-Katan as the most likely leader of Mandalore, the most deserving Mm -hmm. leader of Mandalore. Uh, Mandalore, since being taken over by the Empire, has kind of been in shambles. It's it's kind of just been a lawless place where dueling factions struggle for power. Bo-Katan was kind of a unifying leader, or at least was set up to be someone who had the best interests of the Mandalorian people at heart. So that was a good person to have the Darksaber, mm-hmm. but somewhere between the events of Star Wars Rebels, which for context was right at the beginning of the Rebellion, so maybe a couple years before the events of Episode 4, somewhere between then and now, the Darksaber has fallen into the clutches of Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we get some of that, some of the answers in Season mm-hmm. 2. Um, so I guess now we can talk about the season two trailer. If you remember it, the only things I really picked up on, uh, the official season two trailer was that Mando is going to deliver baby Yoda to his home. Uh, I saw, we saw a glimpse of some of the Imperials that were fighting. They were actually not, they had clean, you know, suits. I don't know if you picked up on that. So I don't know Mm -hmm. if, if we're going to be closer to a more unified, uh, empire at this point in time. I think the more, the closer we get to Moff Gideon the more resources and and organization we're going to have in the empire's forces. I think some of these higher up warlords still do have more or less the resources of what they had with the empire. Well, not more or less because the empire's in fractions, but the bigger warlords have more resources. And yes, I, I would expect they have armor cleaner. And the only other thing I saw that was worth noting was we get a pretty cool scene of like, I guess it's like a boxing ring almost, but there's just like two different like races or species of like creatures that are just going mm-hmm. at it. And it's like a brief cutaway. You hear like some missiles firing yeah. and then it's just Mandalorian, just the Mandalorian, just, you know, wailing ass on some people. Yeah. So I'm ashamed to say that I have not seen the preview because I do not like really, having things was, given away. It was only a minute 30. You didn't miss mm-hmm. much. And yeah, I don't blame you for seeing yeah. it because of the spoiler purposes. I like to speculate, but, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but which, it did a good, a good job of not, I wouldn't want to say spoiling anything. It was just like one quick sentence or like a paragraph or something. Yeah. And it just gave you a little brief snippet of things to come. Um, but what are some of your expectations for season two? Like do you want any, what kind of answers would you like? I think season one was a lot of exposition and world building, introducing us to some of the characters that are going to be recurring through the series. Um, What I want in season two is a little bit more substance and a little bit more of an overarching story. I feel like season one was a lot of standalone episode stories where there is like that background motivating factor of baby Yoda. But at the same time, I feel like this is the first time Mandalorian's top priority is getting him back to the Jedi order or his own species. That's what I want to see. I want to see more interactions with Jedi. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to see. I'm excited to see, you know, Bo-Katan. We already have confirmation that we have uh, actors for Bo-Katan. Another big name to mention is Ahsoka. Ahsoka Tano, who is 
a fan favorite from the Clone Wars. Uh, love it or hate it, I loved the Clone Wars animated series, but Ahsoka Tano was Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. Padawan. Yep. All through the Clone Wars, uh, she obviously was not in the movies, but she is canon, and she was probably the person that Anakin was closest to, bar Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anakin and her had a very, very good relationship. She was kind of like a hothead like Anakin was, um, but it was awesome. And what her whole thing is, is that she was a Jedi. Like I said, she was Anakin's Padawan, but at the Towards the end of the Clone Wars series, she actually left the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. So she is now one of those force wielders who is just kind of doing whatever comes to her. And we see her again as a fully grown adult in the Star Wars Rebel series. And she is just a complete badass. She has two <laughs> dual. Have I showed you her dual yeah, yeah. lightsabers? Yeah. They're, they're dual lightsabers, but they're also bright white. Mm-hmm. And they are so cool. Um so she when we we're gonna see her in season two and she's gonna be a fully fledged jedi she is a no-nonsense person she is she might super be the, strong she has the potential to be the strongest character in the show 100 percent. she yeah. in she beat darth maul in one-on-one combat in uh the final season of the clone Wars. really so she's no joke and that was back when she was obi-wan that was something kid, obi-wan kind of. couldn't do obi-wan could do it Obi- that's something Qui-Gon Jinn Jin could do. Obi-Wan right, right. definitely could definitely do it. Could How do dare it. you, sir? True, true. I'm getting in my... I have to I have to do some research as well getting into this stuff. But Ahsoka, I'm really excited to see. Bo-Katan as well. I personally would like to see a little bit more of the origins of Baby Yoda. Hopefully, we do get to the planet by the end of the season so we can see... Or whatever it is, a village. Who knows? I wouldn't hold your breath. I don't think... I think we would much sooner find Jedi than we are finding that species is home planet. That that's like their thing. They're yeah, nobody is, knows anything about them. Yeah, and I think it's some, awesome. I, I was reading something too. So I told you this at the beginning of the podcast, but uh, so season three is actually already started pre-production. So we are already in confirmation greenlit for a season yeah. three. I mean, season four. Happen. I think I've I saw an article saying that season four is already in like being discussed at this point in time too i mean which would be i think which they were saying would be more along the lines for like baby yoda i think is what they were saying yeah. so we won't be getting that but maybe hopefully we get some snippets of what what that whole thing is what the difference is between yoda and the jedi like are his healing powers yeah force related or are they species related you know so mm-hmm. there's just a lot of questions around him yeah definitely and and i agree if they do give us information about the species i would love it I don't see them doing that because I feel like the whole appeal of this species is that it's a complete mystery. Nobody knows anything about them except that they're super rare, mm-hmm. which I, I love that kind of ominous, mysterious background to it. But maybe they will. Do we have any theories? I mean, obviously, I feel like our boy, uh, the Mandalorian, Jin, Din, 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 Din Jaren. Yeah, I think he will at the end of the series. Should he be the wielder of the dark saber? Or do you think he's he's not the kind of person that would accept that kind of responsibility? You know, I have no clue. Actually, that would because I'm just trying now. I'm I just trying to get that. to that theorizing kind of portion of it before we get into the actual watching of season two. Wow, I want that more than anything else in the world. Baby Yoda wields the dark saber. I think Baby Yoda could be in contention now, for it. Okay, and here's the other thing I want them to explore: is Baby Yoda is. As we know, the force has the light and the dark, the the good side of the force and the bad side of the force. Or mm-hmm. the yeah. Baby Yoda has exhibited once 
a characteristic of the dark side of the force. He really? force choked Cara Dune. Do you remember when him and man or oh, her and Mando yeah. are arm wrestling? Yeah. And <laughs> it's a funny scene yeah. because he doesn't like that she's arm wrestling Mando wow. and he starts to force choke her. Mm. But that just brings us back to this theory. When you are a youngling and you are force sensitive, you're neutral. You know, you you are waiting to be molded by the force. And the whole thing is the Jedi, if you're accepted into the Jedi Order, they kind of try to sculpt you into you know, a light reflection of the force. Mm -hmm. However, as we know, it's very easy to slip up and go to the dark side. So will baby Yoda be exposed to the dark side? And will we have an evil baby Yoda? Something like that. Oh my gosh. Unfortunately, I think we're just because of the way that he ages. We're not ever going to get, we're never going to get him as as an adult being able to make those kind of conscious decisions. But Mm -hmm. Like it's worth you imagine him force lightning or something. It's worth bringing up and exploring that realm because I mean I'm sure this is not going to be the final piece to all of Star Wars. You know, like there's going to be another show along the lines, and who knows, maybe we get older baby Yoda Mm -hmm. and he's just regular Yoda. (laughs) I would say the one 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 thing I need to see is just more interactions with Jedi. I Mm. want. It's a very interesting time because nobody knows anything about the Jedi because it's almost thirty years since the Jedi, Jedi were all were executed. You yeah. know, there's, it's very, very, very uncommon to see any force wielders anymore because the Jedi order is not a thing anymore. Um, and I don't really think there's many Sith out there either. So, you know, people, even in the final episode, they referred to the Jedi as sorcerers, you know, yeah, they're just, they're le- beings. They're, they're legends, legends now. Yeah. yeah. You know, like people don't think that they're real mm-hmm. people speculate that they never were a thing so i want to see interaction with jedi that's all i want to see and we're going to get it because we know ahsoka is going to be in it who's going to be played by rosaria dawson by yeah. the way and that's a really good casting great because casting. She, she kind of like looks like her like she has that look to her yeah so. but ahsoka was probably my favorite character in the clone Wars series dave you have to watch it i think this gives me this gives me every reason to go and watch it because not only do you love it my dad mm-hmm. has been telling me for years to watch clone wars really? like oh my god oh, I yeah didn't know he well, is a big clone wars guy it's it's like i said at the beginning the scope of the star wars universe is just that it's an entire galaxy so there's way more stories and information to tell that they just can't fit into the movies and what the clone Wars series is is a seven season show between episodes two and three hmm. so there's just seven series worth of world building and getting into this star wars lore that i literally cannot get enough of like i look for any medium of content that i can i just finished the star wars video game that i'll probably give yeah. to you <laughs> Uh, what was it called? Jedi Fallen Order. Order, Yeah. yeah. Which I think we could see the main character from that who is voiced by uh, the redheaded kid from Shameless. Yeah. I don't know. What is his name? Oh, unbelievable. But they they made the video game character look exactly like him. So Hmm. and the events of that he is like kind of an uh, a teenager. He's like Padawan age. He's about 20 years old in the events of the video game, which is it lines up chronologically. He would be probably... That would be so cool if they pulled that together. Dude, there's so many people that they could bring back into the fold. If you're a fan of Star Wars Rebels, um, you know, the final episode of that, the protagonist, Ezra Miller, who is kind of... Th- the whole Star Wars Rebels story is him training to be a kid to a Jedi Knight. And the last episode, he 
I can't really tell you without the context, but we don't know what happened to him. He essentially was on the back of a beast that is capable of hyperspace travel. And wow. he just yeeted out of there <laughs> with the big bad of that series, uh, Admiral Thrawn, who you may know, he has blue skin, like red eyes, and he is not from canon Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. He is from the extended universe, which is known as Star Wars Legends. Right. Um, and he's a fan favorite. There's a book series that that chronicles. It's called the Thrawn Trilogy, and it's essentially three books uh, documenting the events following episode six. And I haven't read them yet, but he is an amazing bad guy from what I've heard in those. And he's in Star Wars Rebels, and he's amazing in that. But him and Ezra Miller, to conclude that series, are just they're together, but nobody knows where they went. That's so So wild. both of them could make their way into this show. Sure. I hope they do because Ezra Miller was on his way to being a very powerful Jedi. I feel like fan favorites and non-canon stories always eventually find their way in. Mm-hmm. I mean, this another anime reference, but Broly in Dragon Ball Z <laughs> was not canon. He yeah. just had his own movie. And then now in the new season of Super, yeah. he became canon. So if you're a fan favorite, chances are you can sneak your way into the yeah. main story and that's what to all the old whole old head fans listening like i said disney is capable of making some very 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 good star wars content that's what they're doing with this show it's it, the other thing i need to see is a good freaking lightsaber fight because the new movies did not give us a good lightsaber that's fight. going back to the beginning yep all they let us down with a lot people say the was... throne rune fight was like the best lightsaber fight and i say it's it's bs because mm. that was a lame a scene i thought the throne because it wasn't even a lightsaber it fight. it was them it against wasn't. like guards yeah it and of wasn't, course they should eat them you it know? wasn't they just it wasn't a jedi versus jedi yeah battle it was just two jedi versus... and the one jedi versus jedi was ray versus oh my god What's um, the bad guy's name? Uh, see, it was so bad. Ben just... Solo, but uh, Kylo Ren. Kylo oh, Ren. my goodness. Oh, I, for some reason, was thinking... I was trying to think of the uh, the fucking Sith Lord for some reason. Oh, Palpatine. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Darth but, Sidious. Yeah, yeah Kylo, Kylo Ren. Ren. We did get them fight, but it was like the lamest lightsaber like, duel ever. Yeah, it was, it was like two whacks and a lot of talking, and it was so lame. So what I need to see... Is an awesome lightsaber. And fight. I think we're going to, I hope we get one. Well, it just really doesn't good. make sense because I know they were able to do it 10 years ago for episodes one, two, and three. And then they just refused to give us another cool yeah. one. They have the capabilities to do it. They yeah, have the CGI. Rogue One wasn't really Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. The new movies kind of didn't do anything. Although in Rogue One, they gave us that Darth Vader scene. Mm, they did do that. Which was yeah, they did very give us cool. a Darth Vader so scene. Hopefully they're taking our feedback and what we liked and didn't <laughs> like. And they're just going to give us something awesome. It. Yep. Um, we're definitely going to get a lightsaber fight when we have the Obi-Wan series, yep. which is, oh, that's going to be, that'll a be a great one. Too. Obi-Wan would be, that's one of my personal favorites right there, but I think that covers everything for we the recap. And yeah, review. hopefully we didn't, we didn't ramble on too long, but <laughs> we I had a lot did. of fun doing that. Yeah, review. Honestly, I, I think I'm we so can excited. both admit that we're not sub- subject matter experts on star Wars, but hopefully we know enough that you enjoyed this show and guys, we're, you know, keep an eye out for our continued coverage of The Mandalorian all season long. We're going to be running through season two with every episode weekly. So keep an eye out for that. And as always, if you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our show on Spotify and the Apple podcast app. Once again, we are Bingetown TV. And thanks for listening. May the force be with you. This is the way. <laughs>